Newsbreak podcast. Welcome to this edition of Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tadesh Hari Prasad on a Sunday, keeping you company as we bring you another edition of our program today um, to talk about some, but I think serious issues. Then, hey, as much as we plan to keep it light and off the bat, but um, it's quite um, alarming, I think, to say the least. Uh, new cases in yesterday at over t- at ten thousand. Um, uh, well, that was on on Wednesday, um, but um, I, it's quite interesting to see the way um, the cases are progressing. Um, and just to you know, update you on the latest that has come through uh, from the Department of Health with regard to the cases, it continues to um, to have uh, this level of. Um, increase where um, I think the Department of Health themselves are particularly concerned about it. So we're going to be talking about that and uh, specifically when we look at the issue of the new um, you know, variant of, of um, COVID-19, what impact is that then having? So as at yesterday, it was close to about 11,000 on, uh, on new cases for the day, 10,939 new cases identified uh, yesterday. And this is slap bang ahead uh, of the festive season that is likely to reach its peak by this week. So um, definitely something to be a bit concerned about. So yesterday when we spoke about the new variant of COVID-19, we... You were curious to know, what does it mean then going forward for... um, for yourself in terms of your protocols with regard to um, protecting yourself against COVID-19. So um, I'm very happy to be joined on the line by Dr. Terence Gomal, who's made a lot of time for us this year to talk and uh, about COVID-19 and to um, you know conscientize everybody. So Dr. Gomal, wishing you a happy festive season. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Therese. Thank you for having me and all the best to you too. And yes, so, I mean, you know, a second wave was a shock in itself. And then, you know, we find out that um, there's a new variant of COVID-19. Um, and, you know, this variant is basically what we understand started spreading through the Eastern Cape, has moved along uh, the garden route. It's now in KZN. And um, at this point, for many of you scientists, what is your you know, um, perception of this new variant that is doing the rounds in South Africa? Sure. Just so you understand, when it comes to all viruses and, and, you know, any replication involving RNA and DNA material, you are going to get mutations, which essentially either are a conscientious or an error form of of the transmission of of that, that, that RNA or DNA material. So it, it happens all the time. You have it with HIV, you have it with influenza. So, for example, that is why every year you take a different flu vaccine because the influenza virus modifies and, and mutates every year. So you have a different variant and different strain. So the coronavirus or COVID-19 is exactly in the same vein of keeping. And the first early signs that, that we found of the second mutation, the first mutation was noted around January uh, out of China. And the second mutation was primarily found in the UK, and now we're finding signs of that in South Africa, the N501Y or N501V2, as we call it in South Africa. So the mutation, there is suspicion. And, you know, I've looked at uh, our esteemed colleague, uh, Prof. Slim Karim's uh, presentation to the MAC uh, two days ago. And a lot of the detail that, that, that we go into on the South African numbers is the numbers are going up. No doubt we're in a second wave. 
is the variation in the mutation of, of the virus influencing that or affecting it? We're not sure. Both in South Africa yeah, and the WHO, yeah. and I was on a panel this morning with some of my colleagues at the World Health Organization, in which the fact that it's mutated doesn't indicate that it is more virulent or, or dangerous or, or replicates faster or it spreads faster. There is an inference, there's a suspicion that it's been transmitted easier, which, which is concerning. But there's also the concern that because of the festive period, both in, 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 in Europe as well in South Africa, if people have dropped their guard and become almost complacent to say, well, it's here, corona's going to happen, nobody expected it to run to December, we're going to carry on which is where the transmission happens. We are having a second wave. But there is no proven evidence as, as yet that there's an increased transmissibility or danger with the new variant at this stage. Yeah. And I think what's giving credence to that, Doctor, is the fact that um, young people are seem to seem to be uh, contracting and picking up the virus a lot quicker. And, and, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong in terms of phrasing that. But, you know, there's been a lot of super spread events, a lot of um, parties where young people have been, um, you know, at present. And I think there's been a lot of discussion and focus about young people and how they're able to now transfer that virus. Talk to me about how this variant um, you know is taking shape in the transmission currently uh, you know I think it would reference to young people even I agree with you see what happens is and this is my understanding on the data that I've seen and the patients we've seen and assisted is older patients know they're at higher risk they know the mortality is much higher than the younger groups so there's been almost an apathetic approach a, a don't care attitude for want of a better phrase by the younger communities both, both people in their 30s, 20s, and their teens were saying, well, we're not at high risk, and even if we get it, we'll survive, which I think is an arrogant and a dangerous approach because as somebody who transmits it or sometimes is asymptomatic, you could pass it on to the very family members you're meant to protect and limit. But some people believe having a couple of drinks and having a good time over this Christmas is more important than guaranteeing you have at least another Christmas with your family. And that's the, the perspective one needs to take, or what I, I propose, is we need to be responsible. And based on the WHO statistics and discussions, even if we were to get the vaccine right now, which in South Africa would probably not, in, as, in terms of the broader community and public, is the vaccine only tells us it may reduce your symptoms and limit your illness. It does not tell us how long it would assist us. It does not tell us how long our antibodies would stay in the body. And it doesn't tell us how long we would... We would, would be able to transmit to others or become a silent carrier without becoming symptomatic. So I think this, this arrogance of youth is the worry. because, And I don't think it's everyone. It's particular groupings. I don't think it's race-related. I don't think it's location-related. It's by and large that a lot of people of, of the younger ages... And what worries me is I've, I've seen pictures as, 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 as late as this morning of senior colleagues of mine in the media and significant businesses who are now having family groupings and bondings in, in various cities, in Santa City, in Durban, in various communities. And there's not a single mask in sight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is definitely worrying, um, Doctor. And I think... Um I think my question to you then becomes, um, you know, with this sort of variant of of the um of the of the virus uh and like you indicated at the beginning there's not too much a lot of inferences at, the, at this moment not too much of concrete evidence uh to go with how susceptible then does um 
the South African public become if they let their guards down? Because like you were saying, 12 months later, people didn't expect it to be here still. People still want to continue living as normal. You know, we're going to get it. Everybody in that line, I've heard a lot in the community. Well, we're all going to get it at some point, so we might as well carry on living. Um, so what impact does that letting your guard down have on the fact that there's now a new variant of COVID? To give you context, uh, Therachian, you know, you might have seen this on my social media posts. I flew in on Wednesday because I had a grandmother that was ill and not a single hospital was willing to accept her in, in the whole of the Durban area because not one of them had an available ICU bed, let alone a normal bed. I flew in on Wednesday afternoon, got in there on Wednesday night to assist her, only to find out by the next night, 24 hours later, that she was COVID positive. We took all the necessary precautions. But here's the reality. I was in a stronger hospital during the morning of Thursday. One, they didn't have ICU beds, neither did any hospital in the broader KZN. So if you are symptomatic and become significantly ill, there is no facility available for you. And in the three to four hours that I was at the hospital casualty, four patients came in, two mildly in, two significantly ill. And when I say significantly, both of the serious patients were needing to be ventilated. The catch was there was no ventilator available. So the decision for the hospital was, who is less ill at this point besides COVID for other conditions that we could move off a machine or move out of an ICU bed so we could move these patients in? When I spoke to the casualty doctor that was manning that hospital, he said, Terence, there are days where patients die for unrelated issues that are not COVID-related because we don't have enough staff, we don't have enough facilities, and it's not negligence of the clinical team. It's just lack of capacity right now because of the second wave. And this is the reality every day that we need to, to, to face ourselves with, not just for ourselves, but our extended family. The decision we need to make now as a significant one is not do we want to spend this Christmas together, but do we want at least the next one and a few thereafter? Because if we're irresponsible right now, and I think people are tired, you know, we say the same message over and over again, but the reality is that is what we need to do. Social distance, wear your mask, sanitize as much as you can, and limit unnecessary uh, groupings and, and exposure where, where, where possible and practical. If we don't, it will directly impact your family. I've done as much as I could in various committees for Business South Africa and various uh, initiatives across the country. And this is the first positive case with the highest risk patient we have with my grandmother. And it is a reality. I don't know of a single family that's not affected and affected by COVID right now. And yeah. it will continue and it, to be so. Yeah. And I think, Doctor, it brings me to that point. And I think the point of the interview in a question is taking this into account, taking second wave, taking new variant and taking the, uh, the you know, the, the sort of prediction that the second wave is going to be far uh, worse than the first one. Uh, taking all of this into account now, um, should South Africans be doing anything different with regard to their protocols to protect themselves against COVID-19? I think wearing masks need to be less of a fashion statement. And, you know, we were at some of the cases and malls, you know, looking at, at the broader community, but also malls in Pretoria and elsewhere, where masks are now either being used to warm people's chins or partially on their mouth and, and not covering their noses. It's this don't care attitude which puts everyone at risk. Because previously, sanitizers were compulsory in a lot of the stores. And I'm sure you may have observed this now. Previously, guards won't let you into a store. Now they don't care if you sanitize. Because it's sort of how many can we sanitize? The, 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 the best practice is you need to care for yourself and the people around you. You need to be proactive because now this becomes a personal decision on whether you care about the people around you and yourself, your immediate family and your community.
there's not much that's going to change, Therese, because we're still early days. And if I say early days, based on data and presentations out of the World Economic Forum, realistic numbers from the healthcare uh, committees and communities is we're talking 2023 to talk of a real discussion of the new normal. We're nowhere near that. So people think, well, we're doing the first stage of viruses, sorry, vaccines that are shipped out now. Uh, We're going to get it in the next couple of months. We're okay. There is never going to be a return to the old way of doing things. And that's something we have to face. We've always been at risk, and this is not the only pandemic that we will face. There needs to be a mind shift of let's be proactively responsible. Doctor, on that note, um, you know, when you raise a point as grisly as that, a reality as grisly as that, uh, I want to ask, um, what is your prediction of this second wave then? Because, you know, when we went into um, COVID-19, obviously, you know, March was that that game changer for the country. And then, you know, I, th- I think by, you know, it was April, May, April, um more May, June, rather, uh, a great sort of predictions that came through and they gave us some sort of data to say that we're likely to go into a, into a crazy period during July and end of July and beginning of August, uh, September, we may show signs of, of, of reclining by October, things should normalize. It kind of followed that pattern if you observe it, right? What are the predictions for the second wave? In my view, Suresh, it's probably going to be a hell of a lot worse than the first wave. And here's some of the factors. One, it's hot. People are outside, there's higher contact, it's festive period, it's family time, people are on leave. So a lot of people are not working. And with that leave, they're not at home. they at various social gatherings, whether it be at home or at the coast or wherever they want to collect, uh, get, get together. Just yesterday, you know, I saw a, a jovial video about somebody, somebody sketched talking about, as, as communities, they won't go out on the 26th, they'll go on the 27th. It, it's skirting around what the regulations are saying we should and shouldn't be doing. But the challenge is, during the first wave, economically, we could, to some extent, absorb the impact of a shock, which people had no say in. We shut down businesses. There was catastrophic economic uh, impact due to that. And we're going into winter. So people were going to be indoors for a large portion of the time. Now they want to be in pools. They want to socialize. They want to be at the beach. They want to bride. They want to be together. And the government cannot, to a large extent, afford economically to shut down the economy again because the impact would be catastrophic. Already we're, we're borrowing billions a day to keep the economy going for government and to keep the fiscus where it should be, and, and a lot of companies have already let go of people. If government were to consider a second hard lockdown, it would be a very, very, very measured decision. And I don't think the economy can afford to do so. Neither can the global economy. So obviously the UK has gone into a hard lockdown, a lot of countries, Europe, because of the second wave, I'm not sure our country has at this moment, and that may change in the next couple of days or weeks, the appetite for a strictly hard lockdown. And based on that, people will continue to interact and and, and be together. And that is how the second wave most likely will accelerate faster and further than the first wave. And you've also limited the resources we have. On that, Dr. Coleman, and I want to ask you, uh, and, and, and I understand that I've spoken to so many experts on the point, uh, and you don't even need to speak to an expert on the point. I think even uh, you know those with the uh, with not too much of economic uh, yeah. understanding and theoretically economic understanding would know that South Africa is not in a position to lock down the country again the way we did in March. But I want to ask, how ethical is that? By virtue of the fact that South Africans are able to move and to do whatever they want legally, 
how ethical is that in terms of the spread of um, of the virus? Because ultimately, uh, there are global protocols to contain the global spread of COVID nineteen. Yes, when we speak ethics, you know, and, and being being a, being an academic ethicist to some extent, is you've got to ask yourself, what is our measure of ethics? Is it an individual choice? Is it a community choice? And what is our measure for for individual greater good and community good? Some people may believe what's ethically good is herd, herd immunity and say, let everyone get exposed and those who survive, survive, and then everyone's safe when you get this over with. And then there are those who argue saying, which, which is, it, in my view, the correct decision, socially distance, limit context, sanitize, and wear a mask and limit transmission. But ethics becomes a very subjective co- dis- discussion based on what do we view as important at that point? What is our reference point? I strongly believe the ethical decision now is what is important to us and community and as a country. And if we also, you know, if we look from a political perspective of saying, well, the country should lock down, but then you've got to argue, do you want to run the risk of people dying of starvation and the chronic diseases that they have anyway, or run the risk of COVID? So it's, it's a very, very meticulous balancing act that the, the, the decision makers have to make right now. No, most definitely. Um, so I think we'll leave it there, Dr. Komal. Thanks very much for your time, for that information. Um, I, mean, I, I, think, I think protocol is that I'm going to say thank you, but the information was just, you know, so shocking that you just think, gosh, um, yeah, what do you say to that? But wishing you and your family complete safety during this time and look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much. And, and, and a blessed festive season to our, to our listeners. And I pray everyone does the best they can to be responsible. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Dr. Terence Komal. They're talking to us about um, second wave and the new variant. And, and, and you know, just uh, think follows on from what we spoke about yesterday when you wanted to know, well, what must I do differently? Uh, so I think what's coming through very strongly that the, the new variant of COVID-19, and please be advised, a lot of um, viruses and diseases have several variants. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, according to experts, there's been about between 20 to 25 mutations on the COVID-19 virus that was identified first in Wuhan, China. So, um, you know, um, it's, it's, it's basically um, common. And uh, I think what, what it, 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 you can understand about the, 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 the new variant is that it, it, the virus is behaving um, a bit more in a bit more transmissible manner. So I think that is just the takeaway that you could uh, get away from this. And then what it means is what are your protocols likely to be? And... I think safeguard, safeguard, safeguard is the way because in a time of a second wave meets new variant in a time where the entire economy is open up, the um, transmission of the virus is quite, um, quite severe. So definitely something to be focused on. Let's take you to this interview to give you more information on it. Um, and this was the SABC's Tepi Sumakwetla speaking to Professor Salim Abdul Karim on the science behind um, the new variant of COVID-19 in the country. So when we're trying to understand why this uh, epidemic is uh, impacting us in this particular way at this time, it's not simply a matter of that we have a new variant because the variant is simply uh, following the transmission opportunities that are created to it. And what we've had 
is a situation where at the latter part of November and the early part of December, we had several opportunities for the virus to spread in adolescence, in young people, whether they were at university dormitories or whether they were matriculants, as you saw initially in Cape Town at the Tin Roof nightclub, or as we saw at the Belito Rage. So we've had a very large number of young people that have been exposed to this virus in November. And the reflection of that is the larger numbers of young people that are in our hospital. It may not have been any different if we had a different strain. So it's not strain related, we think. It's more that this is the opportunities that the virus has to spread. Now, once it's spread into these young people, it's now become established within our communities. It's what we call, it's seeded in the communities, and now we have generalized community transmission in all nine of our provinces. So we now are really in the midst of our second wave. Mm. So I want to just talk about some of the signs that you were, you, you, you were discussing as in what you're going to do in your approach. It, it had been said in earlier research that T-cell immunity, um, especially with regards to the CD8 plus T-cells, can play a key protective role. Um, where are we in that research and how does it impact the news that you um, announced yesterday? Does it give us uh, some hope? Yeah, so when you look at the way in which the body tries to control this virus, just naturally, uh, when we look at when a person becomes infected, the initial response is what we call an innate response. It is a non-specific response, and the main cells that are associated with that are called natural killer cells. Now, it's thought that you can have a bit of immunity, that those cells can be primed. And so that was the hypothesis around giving BCG. Well, it turns out that that doesn't really make much difference. Mm -hmm. So after that initial response, you then get a T cell and a B cell response. The T cell response is the long-lived response, and the B cell response is an acute reaction where the body generates these little antibodies that attach to the virus and neutralize it, kill it, and then the virus is no longer able to grow. So that's how we clear the virus. So, you know, you hear about, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people in South Africa that have recovered from this virus. That's how they recover. Now, in a few people, they don't recover in that way. Instead, their body goes into immune overdrive they generate a massive immune response, completely overreacting to this virus. And so they are the ones that then go on and get the pneumonia and they get the very serious illness. And those are the main ones that are dying. So that's the spectrum that we are seeing in this particular virus. Now, one of the things we know is that people who overreact, whose immune systems mm. overreact, they tend to be older, and they tend to have comorbidities. They tend to have diabetes or hypertension. So we're not quite sure why, why that's the case. But there are several hypotheses 
that, that are being looked at and are being studied to try and explain why is it that older people do so badly against this virus, whereas young people mostly don't even know they have the disease because they have it asymptomatically. So I think that that's, when we look at the clinical spectrum of this disease, it's this whole spectrum we're looking at. Mm. So yesterday, Professor Karim, you spoke about uh, the ACE2 dynamics and um, in research there was this that uh, another team of researchers developed a soluble human ACE2 receptor that could act as decoys. Now with this in mind, again, does it also then stall any progress that we've made? As in, can it be done for the second variant? But take time, perhaps. Yeah, so the ACE2 receptor is, uh, ACE2 stands for angiotensin converting enzyme 2. The ACE2 receptor for us, you know, in our natural bodies, it's in many different kinds of cells. It's not just in the lung, in the back of the throat, in the nose. It's in cells that are in your blood vessels, it's in your heart, it's in your liver, it's everywhere. So when you get this viral infection, it can only enter a cell and cause uh, the cell to become infected if the cell has the ACE2 receptor. So we know that it can therefore infect many different kinds of cells in our bodies. So there was one strategy that said, can't we fool this virus? Can't we make it think that our artificial ACE2 receptor is what it should attach to instead of the natural one? So if it can't infect the actual cells because they are decoyed and they are going a detour into our false ACE2 receptors, that plan can only really work if we didn't have the ACE2 receptor that's everywhere. Okay. So even if, you know, even if we sort of decoy them from our nose or lungs, they find the ACE2 receptors anyway. So it doesn't really work that well. Instead, what we have found that does help, and the evidence is somewhat dicey at this point, it's not really firm, but there's some positive evidence is that you can generate a monoclonal antibody. And this monoclonal antibody can then, instead of the virus attaching to the ACE2 receptor, the monoclonal antibody goes and jams it up. Now this, for example, is a drug called Regeneron, which, which is the drug that was given to the President uh, Trump when he got COVID. And it's now uh, licensed and is, is used. But its effects are, are not that prominent and they're not, it's not that compelling at this stage. But it is certainly one strategy to try and fool the, mm. uh, the receptor binding domain on the virus so that instead right. of attaching to these two, it attaches to this antibody. So what you're saying, Prof, is that it relieves the symptoms and sort of drags out the severity of the progression of the disease. So it, it's not a long-term solution. Yeah, in fact, the main way we think it works is that we think it works by reducing the amount of virus 
that's in the infecting inoculum. So in other words, if you've got a whole lot of virus that's you know, impacting on you straight away, you have a more severe response. Okay. If you have a lesser load, then the antibody helps reduce that load. So you only have a few viruses infecting you. That's yeah. the hypothesis. If the virus can cross-bird to produce a different strain, which might render current vaccines ineffective, as the relationship between the antigen and antibody must be a lock and key. If lock changes, then key won't work. <laughs> Right, so in the coronavirus, we haven't yet, for this particular virus, we haven't yet established what defines whether you've moved from one strain to another strain. So how much of the virus has to change before we regard it as a change in the strain is something that has to be determined by the WHO. Certainly the level of variability we are seeing now would not constitute a strain change because the, the fundamental uh, antigen that is on the virus remains intact. And it's still the same RBD, the receptor binding domain that attaches to the ACE2. So there's no, there's no reason to believe that it's anything different from that. So mm. correctly speaking, we are not dealing with strains at this time in the coronavirus. And I tried to point that out in my talk yesterday. We're just dealing with a variant. And that variant is still exactly as all the same characteristics as all the other variants of coronavirus. So it's, if you want to call it this, it's within the family. It's still within the family. It still has all the same characteristics. That was Professor Salim Abdul Karim talking to Tsepi Somakwetla. When we come back, we go to your voice notes and your text messages. Stay tuned. SABC Sports brings you another spectacular Barclays FA Women Super League match this weekend. Brighton and Hove Albion want out of the bottom half. It takes a reflection and Reading have an equalising goal. Reading's assignment is nothing other than maximum points to remain in the top half. Can they score? They can. Catch the world's best women's football league action. Brighton and Hove clashes with Reading FC this Sunday, the 20th of December at 4 p.m. Live on SABC3 and streamed on sabcsportonline.co.za. The Barclays FA Women's Soccer League. Hashtag, this is our game. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Summer doesn't get hotter than this. Stand a chance to win a share of 100,000 Rand in cash by entering the Lotus FM Top 20 North Indian and South Indian Song Competition 2020. We are spicing it up by increasing your chance of winning with the Lotus FM wildcard entry draws. To enter, simply dial star 120 star 33192 hash and follow the prompts to vote for the song that you believe should be number one. Visit www.lotusfm.co.za for the list of songs. Entries open on the 20th of November and closes on the 29th of December 2020. Each entry is charged at 1 rand 50 per minute. Three minutes do not apply. A maximum of 10 entries per day per song. T's and C's apply. Lotus FM. Yeah. Yeah. Share the experience. Share. 
Um, yes, so I'm going to take you to Mlazi KZN right now. We've got uh, the Transport Minister Fikile Mbalula alongside KwaZulu-Natal Premier Thikle uh, Zikalala talking about um, compliance this festive season. Okay, we seem to just have some sort of challenge there with that feed, so I'm unable to bring you that uh, particular um, that particular um, discussion. Well, I think you can listen out then on Newsbreak Talk um, and throughout the bulletins as we carry that particular statement coming through from KZN government and uh, national government ahead of um, the festive season and compliance to monitor transport regulations in uh, the province. So we will definitely be keeping tabs on that um, and we will try and bring that to you as soon as we possibly can. But to the messages we go right now and um, we've got Roshni who says some people think children will not get the virus. Jessica says, can we please... I think the best way to help them would be to alleviate yourself ending up in that uh, facility. So be safe, stay at home. Lloyd Naidu says, it's just my suggestion. The country should have done this. There's about 70 million people in this country. If the government gave each family 100,000 rand uh, from the lockdown, no one will be out there working and moving around. Okay. Uh, definitely uh, that sentiment expressed a lot by uh, people uh, during the time. 500 billion, if you could, um, you know, provide some uh, more direct finance to people to just, you know, keep them tied over for a couple of months, uh, that would have been better. But um, definitely an economic debate that. Al A says, whatever the level of regulation, um, the only way to deal with this pandemic is for each of us to take responsibility for ourselves and, and those around us. Instead of complaining about measures taken by government, let us remember that the virus is not going anywhere soon. Let the words of the president echo among us before we decide to break the rules. This may be the last Christmas for some among us. Sacrifice short-term fun and socialization for long-term survival. Krish Govinda says, for those individuals that chose to have a jolly good time in this period of a crisis, it's totally inconsiderate and unacceptable on their part. Endangering and putting other people at risk is very selfish. Good times will come and go. Life cannot be guaranteed to those that are getting infected. Mrs. Nirmala Devi Murli from Amkumar says, Dr. Terence, in his voice, is reaching out to the people. Please take heed of the new variant, which is having no mercy in the second wave younger ones don't be in denial for you uh, of, of, you know you're going to um to be responsible in the second wave for carrying it a systematic no more or, or attitude won't get you anywhere also professor curry made it known how serious it is your immune system needs serious attention and your attitude too Thanks, Mrs. Nidamaladevi Mudli. I'll go to some voice notes now let's hear what everybody has to say today daniel chellen hello there sir Hi, this is Daniel Joshua Chillen, a regular listener to Lotus FM Newsbreak. 
I want to make an urgent and humble plea to all listeners of Radio Lotus and, and all the listeners of this country and elsewhere as well. If you want to see another Christmas or another festive season, if you want your loved ones, your friends, and your neighbors and your relatives to see many more festive season, let us make the sacrifice, follow protocol, stay locked in. Maybe this may be the one that will pass and you get over and you'll see the next one and many more to come. But don't let, don't make it this as your last one as you want to enjoy yourself and you're getting bored and cannot do what you used to do previously. Let's just sacrifice and this is an humble plea for me to all listeners throughout. Please, 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 I beg of you, follow protocol and think of others' lives as well. You're rather past these days and you'll have plenty more years to celebrate. Thank you and God bless you all. Passionate plea there by Mr. Chellin. I think something to definitely to take heed of. To this voice note we go. Hello there. Hi, Lotus. I'd like to remain anonymous. This COVID-19, as we all know, as we all call it, it does not mean if you're old or young, you cannot get this virus. This virus is out there. This virus is just destroying lives. Nobody is saying people can't go out. Yes, you can. Wear a mask. Sanitize. Keep your social distance. Young people especially are thinking that this thing is just a plain thing. That this thing is just uh, uh, a thing that people just made up. It's not made up. It's a true. It's something that's out there. We cannot see it. Yes, nobody can see this thing. But look at innocent people. Look at the people that are losing their lives. I mean, coming to festive season, this whole rage thing in Belicho that happened. Why did young people even do this? Because they, they don't have brains to say that, you know what, I got family members at home who, whose immune system is weak or who's ill or who's this or who's that. Let's not go for this thing. I mean, if you want to have a party, if you want to drink, do it in your home, do it in your house where you're safe. Don't go out and think that, hey, you know what, I'm going out tonight or I'm going out today, I'm not going to contract this virus. Whether you whether you go out or not, you're still going to get it, but keep your social distance, keep your mask and always sanitize. This is for every young person out there. I'm young as well. I'm only 30 years old. I also have feelings. I also have family members, but also think about other people. Don't only think about yourself. I, I'm just trying to get the words. I don't know what to say. I mean, that was just powerful, man. Like, seriously, that's a young person, a youth. Um, yeah, wow. Powerful. We appreciate that message. Thank you so much. I think, I hope that, um, you know, your sort of co- uh, conversation reaches out to the younger person uh, or to those who want to, you know, um, socialize and, and you know, um, party. Um really appreciate your message. Thank you so much for taking the time out to send that impassioned plea on how to, um, how to um, you know, mitigate the spread of the virus. Anonymous sent us a voice note here. Hello, Anonymous. Hi, Torish. 
I'm very impressed with doctor. He says it like it is. We need more people like him. Uh, the only thing is, just to add on, doctor said it all. I'm not going to say anything. All I want to say is, it's time for us to name and shame. Hospitals that do and are responsible for what doctor mentioned now should be shamed. They should be named because we are in a very critical situation now, Taresh. There's no time to hide and play hide and seek and so forth. We are one big family in this world. We need to say it like it is. And those of them who don't like us to say it like it is will finally realize that we are saying it like it is for their own good as well. Taresh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. And well done to Doctor for his input. Appreciate your message. Uh, Ronnie Narayan Sami of Bayview. No, we've got Mr. N. Governor. Hello there. Good afternoon, Taresh. Prevention is better than cure. Use masks appropriately, social distance, and sanitize. When you leave home, keep repeating this and remember your life is in your hands. Thank you. Short and powerful to the point. Chapter 2 sent us a voice note. Hello? To you and your distinguished guest, is there a possibility of a third wave? Thank you so much from Chapter 2. I asked that yesterday. Now, I didn't ask that to, to Dr. Komal. We'll definitely keep that question in mind. Um, yeah, we spoke about that yesterday. Would there be a third wave? Um, I don't want to take a chance and pronounce on that. We will definitely follow that up in an interview. Uh, and yes, go. let's go to this voice note. Good evening to, to you, Chashlin, and the Newsbreak team. I just want to take this opportunity and saying to our citizens out here, uh, you know, take this virus seriously. Wear your mask, sanitize, and you know what? Please do stay at home because this virus is here to stay. We do not know how long it's going to be here. And, you know, the only way you're going to regret about this virus is when it's going to hit a loved one of yours, which we have, have experienced. We have just buried uh, or cremated uh, a loved one on Friday that, la that leaves behind two young kids that's 12 and 10 years of age. And uh, we've also had plenty other deaths due to this COVID. Uh, so I plead to our citizens, take the necessary uh, precautions, stay at home. If it's necessary, then go out. But when you're out, do sanitize, do wear your mask. Do not wear your mask under your nose line. Do not wear it under your chin. Stay precautioned at all times. Have your distance between between one another. And also, you know, it is it is a virus that's hitting us very, very bad. Uh, to you, Tashlin, and to our citizens out there, please be safe in this in this uh, festive season and to the months that has to come on. We do not want to be victims of this. It is absolutely, absolutely bad. Erica of Bayview in Chatsworth. Thanks, Erica. Good to hear from you. Uh, and let's go. 
Let's go to uh, more messages that have coming that are coming through now on the program. Rihanna Sadr says, um, "Life, I would I would like to ask the entire population to please be safe. Please don't be off guard. Uh, please be safe. Follow protocol. And life is so precious." Um, Bina from Johannesburg. Um, there will be a third wave if people do not take this seriously. So Bina, of course, talking about you know the impact. Um, of this as she goes on to say even if people do survive your lungs will not recover which means you'll contract any other disease easily i don't know about that uh you know i'll have to also check with experts to see you know the sort of uh, long-term effects of of the virus um it's also something i've jotted down now to take forward in interviews um rani from johannesburg says the virus is real when will people realize this uh reality it's your life take precautions now and don't be sorry later um um, Yasmin Roy says, my prayers to all, please stay home and just follow protocols, live a long uh, life, being able to help the world. Just pray, pray, pray all the best um, to my son. Keep safe. Thank you. Good to hear from you, ma'am. And uh, Ramba from Woodview says, hi, Angel, if the people, if, if people follow the rules, wear masks and stay at home, uh, go out only when it's necessary, listen to the news and abide by the rules. Um, I think everything will be okay. Ronnie Narayan Sami, hello there, sir. He says, awesome show, very informative. Uh, many thanks to the regular updates during this difficult time. People are still ignoring using PPE. They don't understand the second wave is much more powerful than the first wave. Please use your protection. God bless South Africa. Um, Anila Narayan says, people out there, stop behaving like y'all don't have ears because this uh, thing of sanitized masks and social distancing is being told like a hundred times. <laughs> Anila Narayan, you know, sometimes I think to myself, you know, in my job that I do every day, are people so irritated and sick of me? Because that's all I say, wear a mask, sanitize, stay at home, keep your social distancing. But that's a very solid point. We've been preaching that, haven't we, since March, eh? Um... It was very scary to hear the doctor talk. I hope people took some advice. And that's from Roshni, I think it is. Um, yeah, and we are going through more of the messages that are coming through. Um, Ramba Mudlin Phoenix says, The numbers are rising at an alarming rate. People be safe and the best place to be is at home. So let me, uh, I mean, we are, we, we've been continuing this conversation from, um, from, oh, we've got Salim Adam as well on a voice note. Hello there, sir. Hi, Teresh. This is Salim Adam. The virus has a rampant runaway spreading like wildfire. Something's got to be done. I suggest that the president introduces a lockdown for 14 days. We all must tuck up for 14 days and stay at home for 14 days. Believe me, after 14 days, we will see a different world. We do not have to wear masks because... The virus either be gone or the people will be cured. Let's say, let's give it a try. I think 14 days is a small sacrifice to make than losing so many lives. Hmm, suggestions abound there. From Salim, Mala Suknan sent us a voice note. Hello, Mala. Good afternoon, Tarish. What a beautiful topic. But people are not abiding to the rules. When we go shopping, especially the youth, all are not wearing masks. They have attitude. They don't want to listen. 
they don't know they are also carriers of the COVID in going home and infecting, infecting the old people that have uh, high-risk illnesses like diabetes, uh, hypertension, heart conditions, cancer. I think they should listen. Government should really intervene, really pay attention to our people. That is most important. This thing is for real. And now that we are experiencing second wave, it's really, really a worrying issue. Thank you so much, Mala Signanan of Glencoe. Thanks so much, Mala. Appreciate your time. Uh, Jayashree from Amkumar says, hi to the youngsters who thinks uh, COVID is not true. We'll open your eyes and watch how many people are dying. Take the advice seriously, please. You know, a lot of, um, I'm not going to say youngster bashing, but a lot of, you know, call out to the young young person. I'll say this much, uh, just to be fair, that, um, you know, when we were soaking up information, we were told that um, the senior citizen is most susceptible to it due to the, um, you know, um, dare I say, frailty of, of that immune system, right? Uh, that was something very, very strongly put out there, that the senior citizens are really, really pre-exposed to it. So from that perspective, um, you know, with the virus, um, you know, with the variant of the virus now, uh, it seems as if, you know, possibly that argument is not no, no longer something that one could actually uh, abide by. So, you know, you could almost think that the young people thought, well, based on the fact that experts are saying old older generations are more susceptible, maybe we're safe. So maybe that is why they let their guard down a little bit. Not an excuse, but maybe it was the sort of mental conditioning, subconscious thinking. Um, but it's changing now. Everybody is at risk. Everybody's susceptible. Everybody's a carrier. And sometimes young people, you may not um, be man down if you get COVID-19. You may not even sneeze or cough if you get COVID-19. But you may be carrying it. And what happens is you'll transfer that to somebody like a senior citizen and they stand the chance of losing their lives. So that is the thing about uh, young people and the virus. Sam from Tongad says, as the saying goes, you're the creator of your own destiny. The virus does not come looking for you, but it's the opposite. Aha, you go looking for the virus. Wow. It's pretty powerful, that image. Um, okay, so this is an off-air message. I'll attend to that shortly. Um... Anonymous says, I went to a water world in Joburg and it was just like Durban beaches. It was crowded and no one used masks, but me and my family were very careful. Um, Rehana sent a voice note. Hello, Rehana. Is, um, life, I would, I would like to ask the entire population to please be safe. Please don't be off guard. Uh, that's me, though. <laughs> I'm sending a voice note to my own show. Yay. <laughs> um... Thanks for listening, Rihanna. We appreciate your time. Yeah, so those are the messages that are coming through. Uh, four minutes left on the program. I still haven't gotten to the topic at hand, Rachel. <laughs> you know, we said from yesterday we planned this um, to talk about, well, what do you do now? That you're asked to stay at home. What are the hobbies that you can do? Any hobby you picked up in lockdown from March? Um, I think I've gotten, I'm watching a lot more TV. And of course, yes, the cooking. I know cooking was hugely popular from lock, uh, from the lockdown time in March. So many people took their culinary skills. To I'm a talking whole about people. you. What did you do? Did you cook? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I was working, Theresh. I was at work. I didn't have time for a hobby. <laughs> I'm trying to think about myself. Did I have? Did I pick up a hobby? Um, um, 
all my hobbies have fallen through the wayside. I hate <laughs> to sadly admit this. Mm-hmm. Gym has fallen to the wayside. Mm-hmm. I did like a week of home workouts. Didn't work out for me. It's the biggest sadness of my 2020. Uh, gym was an integral part of my life and my body, and it's just no longer the way it was. So, will we ever get back to that normal? Um, I stopped dancing. I haven't danced properly. Um, what did I? What hobby did I pick up? Hey, you got me thinking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, text us if you have some time. What hobby did you um, throw yourself into while um, um, for lockdown and going into the festive season? What do you think people should be doing to keep themselves occupied? I'm still thinking about what I ended up doing. Uh, something new. I guess I cooked more. <laughs> did I? I don't know. Yes, you did. You did bring some lovely dishes to work, so you definitely did. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, so I think definitely um, cooking was definitely something a lot of people ex- experimented with, which is why a lot of people said, you know, I put a, I put on weight in lockdown because everybody was cooking and all this what we did at home. So um, yeah, what are some of the hobbies that you can do, and specifically as families, you know, um, what can you do to um, have fun and also bond. So yeah, this message here came through now. COVID is very real out there. I did a random test being a healthcare worker. I tested positive even though I have no symptoms or fear of getting sick is keeping me awake at night. The added responsibility to my family living with me is enormous. Being isolated is very difficult. Please people, keep the mask on, sanitize and stay safe. Yeah. And that's from a healthcare worker, so kind of knows what she's talking about. Okay, when we come back, we wrap up the program. So when was the last time your video was on in a Zoom meeting? Avoid the drama the new normal brings with our international lineup. Explore life after death with a million little things, weekdays at 6.30. Dive into the secret lives of gangs with The Oath, Monday and Tuesday at 9.30. And experience the rise and fall of drug empires with Narcos on Thursdays at 9.30. If drama is on your agenda, then it's time to escape the norm with ACBC3. Stage is yours. News from the TV license office. With our new SMS balance inquiry function, you can now get your TV license balance conveniently on your cell phone. SMS your ID number or TV license number to 44210 and voila. 44210. Standard SMS rates apply, quick and easy. TV licenses make a difference. See, Rachel, you caused it, eh? You caused it because uh, Malaka walks into the studio and the first thing she says is, when am I bringing paneer for her? So, well, now you have to. You guys, have to for all of us. Guys, okay. Well, you know, it's lockdown and it's safer to eat from me in studio than to go outside and get it, right? So, Auntie Mala, next yeah. Sunday, yeah. we're having okay. uh, paneer. Absolutely. Hopefully. Paneer on uh-huh. Taresh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave it there and uh, maybe you should just focus on what you can do to keep yourself busy and to keep yourself... Um, Happy, like Miss uh, Yasmin Roy said, the best thing to do uh, is to meditate, make it a hobby, or do gardening. Take care. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely something that you can do. So yeah, think about that. What you could do to keep yourself busy, so that you don't have to go out, and at the same time you do get to um, have some sort of fun. This broadcast came away courtesy of the team executive producer Selma Patel and Rachel Buddy. We'll talk soon between six and seven tomorrow. From me, Tarish. Hey, have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.